Halloween's over with. Thanksgiving is done. And now we can get back to just focusing on the Lord Jesus. Amen? And so, praise God. Well, but we got to buy, I got to run here and there and everywhere. Uh, I know, uh, even Sarah got into it. She gets on Facebook the other day and goes, I can't believe we're going to go buy a Christmas tree and the grass is green. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I have not had to fire up the snowblower. That is a, we'll have plenty of winter. Trust me. But the longer we have no snow, um, it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. Amen. So praise God. I'm going to be preaching this morning about how to find peace with God in a crazy, mixed up, world. How to find peace with God in a crazy, mixed up world. But we're going to be, let's start focusing on Jesus. I guess this is the one I'm supposed to light right here. And so I'm not worried about it. We're just lighting them. Our focus, our focus this season is not on the baby who came. Our focus is on the Savior who's coming. And so many of us, when we get to the holidays, get so, oh, frantic. We got to get the perfect present. Praise God. I, I, you know, I, you might be thinking, what can I get, Jason? And, and it's very simple a warm hat. <laughs> For those days he has to walk to work, and the wind is blowing. We, I was down in Fairmont yesterday in the morning, and uh, um, it would have been a perfect morning to be out in a field if it wasn't for that wind. And that wind was just uh, blowing. And uh, my ears were, I had my hat on, my coat on, but my ears were getting cold because I couldn't wear a stocking cap yesterday. And then the funeral director I'm with, what does he do as soon as he gets there because he's the consummate professional? He undoes his coat so you can see his purple tie. And I'm going, I'm not that professional. You can just see the top of my tie through the coat because it's cold out here. Besides, I'd rather have them focus on Jesus than my tie. Amen? So <laughs> praise God. How to find peace with God. Anyway, so when we light the candles, let us be reminded that Jesus is coming again. Yes, we celebrate his birth. We celebrate his birthday because who do you think Christmas is about? It's not about you getting. We're trying to teach that to Bodhi right now. It's about Jesus, and he is the one that we are celebrating. It's his birthday. But as we light these candles, let's be reminded that Jesus is coming again. It's kind of like our own little countdown. Now, um, we don't know the day or the hour, and God did that on, for a reason, and I don't have time to preach on that this morning. But one of these days, I'll open up the book and tell you why God doesn't want, there's more reason why he doesn't want us just to know the day or the hour than um, what we think. And so, praise God. We're going to go to Romans chapter 5 and verse 1, but first let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this message today. I thank you, Lord, 
that there's those who need to hear this today, today Lord. They're so busy. They, they, family and things and work and all sorts of struggles, Lord. They just don't feel like they have any peace. But Lord, I thank you for this message today. That Lord, you will reveal that Lord, when we ask you into our hearts, we receive the Prince of Peace. And Lord, that you want us to give us peace that surpasses all understanding. But Lord, if we would just understand that we have to keep our minds in you, then your peace will reign true in our lives. I thank you, Lord, for your anointing, that I'll only speak the words that you have, to say, have me to say, Lord. And I, Lord, let this anointing be so strong here today that we would have ears to hear from you. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, sometimes I think about people that, you know, let, let's read the word. Romans 5.1 says, and, and see, to have peace, you've got to have faith. And the reason why I say, I'll, I'll, I'll read this and then I'll say what I don't even have in my notes. Therefore, having been justified by faith, therefore, you always got to find out why it's therefore, right? Therefore, having been justified by faith, not by your good works, not because of how much money you put in the plate, not by how much you think you're doing for God, having been justified by faith. That's so important. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You know what I think we need to learn to do is learn, this is not my notes, but the Lord just gave it to me now. We need to learn to push through. Come on. This morning, I wouldn't be here if I didn't push through. Yesterday, I wouldn't have been able to do what I did if I didn't push through. The day before that, my word. The wife says to me, I get home from uh, Marie's funeral. And the wife says to me, I like to go to Walmart and check, pick over the leftovers from Black Friday. You know what? There was hardly a leftover there. It was surprise. Usually you could go there Saturday and there's still, I don't know about the Walmart now. All of a sudden they've gotten so efficient. By the time we got there, most of the stuff was gone, put away, worked in. And then one of the salespeople said to us, oh, they bought us out. It was crazy in here. That's why we didn't go th on Thursday. Besides that, Thursday was a family day. Come on. But let me tell you something. When I got home and the wife said, let's go to Wally World, my feet were so sore. They wanted to go nowhere but to the easy chair and to be put up. <laughs> One of the stupid side effects of the stupid disease that I'm wanting the Lord to heal me has hit my feet. My right foot more than the left foot. You put your right foot in, you put your left No. <laughs> I've gotten the neuropathy under control, but now I got this pain in my right foot. 
I, I needed, while we were at Wally World, to walk around and not stand still. Otherwise, it was hurting worse. But you know what? When I got up, my feet were feeling great this morning when I woke up. I went to get out of bed, however. Stood up. Went to take that first step, and I wasn't going nowhere. You know what? If I didn't push through, I wouldn't be here this morning. We need to learn to push through. And sometimes when we want to get peace with God, we need to push through and believe him. That's why we need to have faith. That's why we need to have faith. Trust him. I know that God's going to heal me. You know, when I first got the diabetes and my feet were bothering me, I got, it was weird. The doctor found it too later than he should have. He ignored something five years, or now it's more like seven years ago. And he ignored something in a test. When I've complained to him about my feet before, he says, oh, let me get this pin out. You've got a good pulse. And you can feel that. Ah, that's fine. <laughs> Love you, Doc. You know, they can only do what they can do. God has to do the healing. And so I just trust the Lord. And I don't, I don't, I'm not standing here complaining and telling you, feel sorry for me. No, that's not what I'm doing. Because I haven't been talking about it. I just get up, put one, as, as the old Santa Claus is coming to town song goes, put one foot in front of the other, and soon you'll be walking through the door. That's all I can do. And I have to trust God. And i got to have faith to believe. And so we need to learn to push through. Because therefore, having been justified by faith, we have been, we have what? Peace with God. Come on. This is where it starts. It's having faith. The only way to be saved is what? Through faith. I know we got two groups in town that they believe that part of their justification, part of their salvation is they got to knock on so many doors. Oh, my word. That's the reason why they're out there. I wish that we Christians would have that tenacity and go out and say, hey, we're here. No, we're not them. We, we actually have something that will actually save you. Come on. It's like jo Joanne taught this morning. Remember everything that God has, there's a counterfeit that, the, that Satan has. Well, we got two groups that are going around with a counterfeit. We need to get the message out that Jesus saves, and it's only through faith. Our justification's through faith, not by our good works, or, or justifying our actions, or justifying our actions by denial. How many times we do that? Oh, my Lord, I'll just deny it and it didn't happen. Or I'll just deny, uh, deny it that I'm ignoring that. Or I'll just deny that, oh, I, I'm a, I've been doing good for God. And yet God says, I want you to do this. Oh, but Lord. We're kind of like Jonah. Lord, um, you, you want me to go preach the word? Okay. Um, but I'm not going to Nineveh. But we, we deny the facts, and we, we're out there, I'm preaching the word over here in Spain. 
on the coast where it's warm and it's nice and there's shade trees and beautiful beaches. Oh, I can go to Tarsus. Yes, I'm going to go to Spain and preach the word there. Oh, yeah. God has other ideas and he sends the storm. Why aren't we having peace with God? Because we're not having faith to believe him. Come on. It takes faith to do what God says. Jonah got the first submarine ride inside that big fish. I really believe when he got to Nineveh, he looked terrible. And he smelled worse. It don't say that when he got spit up on the shore that he went and took a shower and changed clothes. No, it was so traumatic the three days he spent in the belly of the fish that he got he hightailed himself over to Nineveh. Now, you know how fish smells when it first comes out of the water. That's not so bad. But it's many days travel from the coast over to Assyria. You know Iraq and, and, and Syria, the eastern part? It's many days travel there. By the time he is there, the seaweed's now all stuck to him. And it does, it's brown now. And he don't just smell like fish. He smells like fish. And he hasn't bathed. He hasn't used his deodorant because everything was left on the ship. They threw him overboard. <laughs> and he comes into the town. I'm the prophet of God. Repent. And just walking into town square, the whole city knows he's there just from the smell. You know what, if he did what he was supposed to do in the first place, he could have gone ahead and avoided all the rest. We put our trust and faith in Jesus not just for our salvation. It is for our everything. Come on. It's for our everything. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. Wow. Did you ever think about that? We, we, we think that, we, think that we, we have it all together and, and, oh, that's my TV and that's my car. That's my house. That's my kid. And that's my dog. By the way, you can make fun of everything else, but don't make fun of my dog. <laughs> that's how Robin is about hers. <laughs> Are we thankful and grateful for everything? You know, if we would learn to have faith and trust God for our everything, we wouldn't worry about tithing. We wouldn't worry about giving to missions. We wouldn't worry about our kids so much. Why? Because 
we would be saying, Lord, I have faith to believe you for my everything because my everything belongs to you in the first place. And it would give us peace. Turn it over. Give it to God. Let him carry it for you. So to have peace is to have Jesus. It is faith in Jesus' sacrifice for us. It is the reason he came as a babe in the manger. When Jesus was born, he came for one purpose. He was born to die. He was born to be our sacrifice. He was born to be our substitute. He was born to be our ransom payer. Because there was no way we could do it on ourselves. There was, <clears throat> we couldn't be good enough. There was nothing we could do. But Jesus paid it all, and all to him we owe. Let's run over to Romans 8, 6. You know, Jason, it's, it's amazing to me, and I'm hoping um, people are listening, that sometimes Satan tries to get in the way so people don't hear things. If you haven't listened up to this point, you need to listen now. Let's look at Romans 8, 6 says, because here to have peace with God in this mixed up crazy old world that we're living in right now, you need to be spiritually minded. Aren't you tired of turning on the news? Oh my word, these people are idiots. How do I know that? 58% of us in America think they're idiots. We're so tired about how they broadcast the news now, especially about the president. It don't matter if you like them or you don't like them. People are fed up with it. And I'm tired. I just get tired of listening to it. You know? And some of it, some of the news that they report on, it's like a dog with a bone. They don't know when to give it up. It's like my and then they wonder why we're turning to alternative sources to find out what's going on in the world. <laughs> Try true news. That's a good one. You can do that right now on Facebook. Go to True News. And uh, that's a pretty good one. You need to be spiritually minded if you want to have peace. Romans 8, 6 says, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Now, there's a difference there, isn't it? (laughs) And as Christians, we need to know the difference about being carnally minded and spiritually minded. To be carnally minded, listen up, means you are more concerned with the things of the world. Okay? It also means you are its center. And as long as you are more concerned about the things of the world and you are at its center of your own center in life, you will not have real peace. And what does God say here? To be carnally minded is, ooh, death. Ooh. 
All right, death. And Marley lay de- was dead as a doornail. You know that one sentence is literature nobody really gets. A doornail? Why is that a description of death? Because it don't feel nothing anymore. And when you get done with a doornail, it's buried and you're not supposed to see it. Hmm. Death. When Adam and Eve ate of the fruit, they experienced death. And later they would experience what we usually think of death as no life. But death means you are separated from God. We have zombies walking the earth today because they're carnally minded. I'm not talking about the zombies on TV. Brains, I want brains. Mm -mm. These are people walking around thinking they have life, but they're spiritually dead. And the problem with some of them is they do go after your mind because they want you to be just as miserable as they are. Be separated from death means being separated from God. You can't get to him. You can't talk to him. You can't reach him. I don't know about you, but is that how we want to be described? No. But Jesus came to give us life and life more abundantly. So when we put our faith in Jesus Christ, what happens? We stop being carnally minded, right? And we become spiritually minded. Now, I'm not going to give you the greatest definition here to be spiritually minded because of time. I mean, I could have preached a whole sermon on just being spiritually minded. Robin would have took that thought and made it into a lesson that would have lasted three weeks. <laughs> because you can say, you can learn so much about, and yet after three weeks, you still haven't gotten deep. But to be spiritually minded is this, Christ is the center of your universe. You take yourself off of the throne of your life and you, you ask Jesus to sit down on the throne in your heart. It means you have peace in your life because you know that God has it all under control. Because you turned it all over to him. And our concerns, our concerns are no longer the concerns of the world. We no longer have a worldview. We have a Christ-centered, biblical worldview. Wow. Wow. I'm not sure when I'm going to sh- when I'm going to show. It's probably going to be in the new year. Um, I have a video that I've had for a while, but I'm thinking of showing it, and it might be on a Sunday morning. 
on our public schools and the indoctrination of our children and what's happened there right under our Christian noses. And then we wonder why it's hard to get our kids to have a spiritual worldview at times. Why they fight us at times. You know what? It's not... Let me tell you something that you're going through with some of you parents with teenagers. It's not completely that teenage angst that they like to have. It's because you're fighting a worldview that they've been indoctrinated with that they don't even realize they have. And we need to be wise and figure out what do we do. And once we have the tools, oh my word, I recognize that now. I can deal with that. I can deal with that now. It's not my kid. They just got the wrong stinking thinking. I don't have to be upset with my kid. I'm going to be upset with the system that put that thought in my kid's head. And now that I know the thought is in their noggin, I know how to combat it. Because it's so subtle. And I might do that on a, on a Sunday morning. It got re, I got reminded of this movie the other day by watching Mrs. Kevin Sorbo. Oh, wow. You know Hercules' wife? She's a great Christian lady. Huge homeschool advocate. She would have been proud of Robin taking her oldest boy and homeschooling him the way she did. And some of the things she had to say. And it's so cool to see a Minnesota boy like Kevin being something great like he's become. Because, you know, he's been doing all these faith-based movies. You want to hear something cool? Kevin just has a new movie out that his wife co-wrote. You know, Let There Be Light. Cost them $3 million to make the film. Sean Hannity sat down and wrote out a check because he wanted to get involved in a faith-based movie. He came looking for them, not the other way around. Never happens. Ask Jason when he wrote his book. <laughs> You're chasing around looking for the money to publish. Thor. $300 million it costs to make that film. Guess percentage-wise who's making more money. Not Thor. Let there be light. And Hollywood can't figure out which movie to make. Besides that, they keep on going ahead and putting repeats out. They're coming out with a new Lion King. Will Smith is playing, I don't know. I forget who he's playing now. But it's going to be, Lion King Live! And it's like, really? We need to redo Lion King now? Nothing original there, guys? And yet Kevin's wife sits down, and her co-writer is a famous Hollywood writer who's gotten Oscars and all these awards. She called him up and said, I want you to write this with me. And he goes, no. No. 
And Kevin, Kevin in his sarcasm goes, yeah, like, what do I need you for? I got all these awards. I don't need your help. And she wouldn't take no. She, she pushed through. She didn't take no for an answer. She started immediately giving him the treatment. The tr- Jason knows what I'm talking about. The treatment is what the movie's about. And she kept on talking, telling him about what this movie's about, the premise of the movie. And next she, she knows, he's saying, when do we start? And now he's written the book, her co-author's written the hard-covered book, Let There Be Light. But you see, when we go ahead and make God our concern and his things are our concern and not the world's things are concern, he has a way of opening doors that we never thought would be open to us. Sam Sorba went to her husband and said, I, can't I go, she was offered a radio spot to do a conservative radio program. She said to her husband, is it all right with you that I do this? I know it's going to affect you in Hollywood here. When we go ahead and tell people that we're Christians and we're conservatives, what it's going to affect you. And he said, honey, go for it. She knew she had the right guy when she found out he liked Christian music, he was a conservative, and he was a Christian. She says that was her top three C's. Not in that order either. She wanted to make sure he was a Christian first. We need to trust him with our concerns. Let's turn back to Isaiah 26. Isaiah 26. I know they're up there already, but I got to get there. I could turn around and read it, but I would rather read it out of my Bible. Isaiah 26 and verse 3. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Why? Why is that? Because he trusts in you. Did you see what it says there? Because we trust in him, he will keep your mind, in per- your life in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on God. Hmm. What do you need? What do you need from God? What do you need to have to have that peace from God? Well, get your mind set on, stayed on him. Get, trust him. Him. Trust begins with making sure that Jesus Christ is your Savior. Trust Him. Believe in Him. Hope in Him. Hold on to Him. And turn over to Him your struggles. Pastor, I've been struggling with something terrible. It consumes me sometimes. Turn it over to God and trust him with it. Believe him. Let him. And then take scripture like this. And when you're praying to God, rehearse it back to him. Tell him. Lord, you said that you will give perfect peace 
to, to that person whose mind is stayed on you. <coughs> Lord, I'm trusting you for that. That's called praying the scripture. You put yourself into the scripture. You quote it back to God so it's talking in the first person. You said, Lord, you'll give me peace. Lord, I've been trying awful hard to keep my mind on you. Help me with it. And he says he will. But trust brings peace. Jesus is coming again. Make sure you're ready. We need to make sure we've come to know the Prince of Peace. Isaiah 9, 6. We all know this one. It's one of our favorite Christmas quotes um, at Christmas time. But look what Isaiah 9, 6 says. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful, Consular, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Mm. Oh, let Jesus be this for you and more. What a description of our Lord and Savior. Wonderful. Counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Every Christmas, it's broadcast someplace from somewhere, Handel's Messiah. And, the th and everything pitches to the moment when they start singing, Wonderful, Counselor, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. That's not an easy song to sing. Do you know you've got to do math to sing that song? Because there's so many voices and so many parts. The man was a math genius when it came to music. You have to do, you're counting. Okay, the bass just sing, wonderful, counselor. And now where's counting? Bum, bum, bum. We've got to do this math program. And then, then the next group goes, wonderful, counselor, you know. <laughs> Alice, where did you come from? <laughs> I heard rumors that Alice might show up for the Christmas program. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's going to be good. You know, she's kind of rough around the edges. <laughs> Turn your life over to Jesus today. Let him fill you with his peace. Oh, pastor, I've already done that. I got saved years ago. No, I'm talking about turn, turn everything over to Jesus today. Turn your whole life over to Jesus today. That's what it's talking about, being sanctified. Just turn it all over to Jesus. Every Christian comes to that point and says, I've been saved for so long, but Lord, I finally figured it out. I can't do it without you. 
So just turn it over to him completely and what a difference that will make in your life, that sanctifying work that Jesus done. Yes, we, we believe in progressive sanctification when we got saved, we were separated unto God, but there's also positional sanctification where you just come to a place where, Lord, I need you to do something. Lord, I figured it out. I can't do it in my own strength anymore. I'm going to be dependent on you. Oh, turning your life over. Turn it all over to him. Trust him with your whole life. Your everything, even that which is most precious to you, turn it over to him. Sometimes we live in fear because that thing that's the most precious to us, we're fearful that it's going to disappear. Turn it over to him. Turn those kids, those grandkids, turn it over to him. Let him take care of your need. Take care of your everything. Take care of the, what's the most precious to you. When we do, we'll have peace. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this word today. We certainly live in a crazy, mixed-up world. We turn on the TV and all we hear is craziness. Oh, Lord, give us your peace in this season of peace. Fill our hearts with the Holy Spirit. Do a work in us and renew our minds so we can be more like Jesus. And Lord, we turn over everything to you today, even that which is most precious to us. Lord, give us your peace. We trust in you. Lord, give those with addictions peace today, Lord. Lord, deliver them from their addiction. Give them your peace. Lord, that marriage that's been shaky, Lord. Lord, let them just turn it all over to you and give them your peace. Lord, for those who are struggling financially, Lord. Lord, just carry it for them. Just turn it over to the Lord today and let him give you his peace. Lord, we love you and we praise you. And we glorify your precious name. Thank you, Jesus. You're so amazing. Touch us, Lord. And Lord, give us your peace in our grief. For Lord, you have promised us peace that surpasses all understanding. We thank you, Jesus. And we praise you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The worship, our new life singers are going to come and sing, peace, peace, wonderful peace. Oh, let that song speak to your heart. And as they sing it, let that be your prayer. And let everything be turned over to God. And if you need prayer, just come on up. We'll pray for you today.